Good morning. Happy, merry, <laughs> glory to God. Amen. However we want to say it to the best words that we can find. I don't think merry resurrection works. I don't even think happy resurrection works. But I do believe hallelujah. It's Resurrection Sunday. and We're celebrating this wonderful, wonderful event that caused every other event to have significance today. And that is the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm so glad to share this day with you. Begin it with this message from the Word of God. Hallelujah. Well, I am Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time for Sunday Morning Alive right here on our... Wait, 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 wait. There, there's, there's something coming in here. Pardon me just a moment. Uh, it's 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 coming all the all the way it's coming all the way from the Isle of Patmos. It's John the Revelator has has something to say today. He says it's breaking news. It's important news. It's ground shaking news. Jesus is alive and well. Amen. What he wrote after the resurrection, dear friend, we need to go back and reiterate and reread today. Jesus is alive and well. Every leader of every world religion, we can find where they are buried. Or in the case of Buddha, his his ashes were sprinkled into the Ganges River. We can find where they their bodies lay in state, or lay in graves, or or have been carried away by the by the waters of that river. But when you go to the tomb of Jesus, the tomb is empty. Jesus did not die. He didn't swoon on the cross and they thought he was dead. He died. He was buried. But he has been resurrected. Hallelujah. And that gives us all hope today. Jesus is alive and well is the title of our teaching and our preaching today. If you want to turn with me to Revelation chapter 1 verse 10 through 18. This is after uh, the crucifixion had occurred. This is after Jesus had been entombed for three days. This is occurring after a man that that they 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 hatched the lie that they had come and stolen his body listen to what john says here in john the revelator beginning with verse 10 he said i was in the spirit on the lord's day and i heard a great voice as of a trumpet saying i am alpha and omega the first and the last what thou seest, write in a book, and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and Smyrna, and Pergamos, and Thyatira, and Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks or lampstands, one like unto the Son of Man, this is Christ now, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and hair were white like wool, white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. His feet were like unto fine brass, as if they had been burned in a furnace, and his voice 
as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in strength. Oh, friend of mine, this is not the Jesus that entered Jerusalem on a donkey. On the way to the cross, this is Jesus after the cross, after the resurrection. This is the glorified Christ, hallelujah, that's going to come for you and me very, very soon. And no wonder, verse 17, when he saw Jesus glorified, verse 17 says, And when I saw him, (laughs) I fell down that his feet is dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. I like the Amplified that says, And the ever-living one, I am living in the eternity of eternities. I died, but see, I'm alive forevermore. And I possess the keys of death and Hades, the realm of the dead. Glory be to God. Friend of mine, I want to tell you once again, the title of our teaching is, Jesus is alive and well. Revelation 1 and verse 18, he says, I am he that liveth. You see, is the eternal God who has life in himself originally, essentially, and indisputably, and is the fountain and author of life to others. And whoever lived, (laughs) and whoever lived as the mediator and redeemer, and he still does and ever will, even when he was dead as a man, and was dead, (laughs) he says, he died the death of the cross for the sins of Everyone who would repent of their sin and put their trust in him in due time. But once, and it was but a short time, and he was held under the power of death and will never die anymore. He said, I'm alive. I was alive. I was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. He always was alive as God, or he always, or he was always the living God and ever will be. He is now alive as a man and will forever continue so. He is alive to God. He lives by him, with him, and to his glory, and he's alive to the blessing and advantage of his redeemed ones. Hallelujah. He ever lives, the scripture declares, to make intercession for us. (laughs) He, He rose again from the dead for our justification. They're being quickened together with him and being begotten again to a lively hope, literally a living hope, the scriptures say. Hallelujah. And we owe it all to his being alive and his being well. And as their reconciliation is by his death, so is their salvation by his life. Or the application of it to them. Hallelujah. His interceding life and the resurrection is the cause of our hope and our eternal life. Amen. I am he that liveth and was dead and behold I am alive forevermore. I'm going to say it again today. Jesus is alive 
and well. Praise God. See, this separates Christianity. This, this absolutely, this, there's every, every, without exception, leader of every other world religion is dead. But Christ is alive. And I'm going to say it clearly today. He's alive and well. Praise God. The philosopher that you've heard his name mentioned if you haven't read anything about him. And he's just, he's he's one of those well-known atheists, Frederick Nietzsche. Frederick Nietzsche. He said, God is dead. He's famous for making that statement. And this man based many of his works on the premise that man must find a new way of being, given the fact that God is dead, listen, in the hearts of modern man, killed by rationalism and science. He proposed that humankind should accept the fact that God is dead and start creating their own set of morals and find their own purpose in their lives. And you can see the result of this kind of thinking, this kind, this, this ideology, this, this philosophy. Amen. Because we see it in our culture today. I, I never dreamed I would live to see a day when we cannot define a woman and we cannot define a man. When, when we, when we have come to the place that, well, the scripture said it would be like this. It said, it said, woe to them that call evil good and call good evil and put light for darkness and darkness for light. This, this has come as a result of, of this kind of rationality nationalism, and science. He proposed that humankind should accept the fact that God is dead and start creating, listen, their own set of morals and find their own purpose for their lives. And the British poet, William Ernest Henley, echoes the godless philosophy of atheism in his own poem, Invictus. The title Invictus is Latin for unconquered, Remember Timothy McVeigh that killed so many people when he, when he set off explosive in the government building and children, men, women, children. He was convicted and sentenced to death for that lethal Oklahoma City bombing of 1995. He chose Invictus as his final statement before going into eternity. And I still shudder when I read this defiant poem. It reminds me that Satan lives also, but he is not well. Listen to this. Invictus, this is what he quoted. There's a lot of statements come out of people's mouths before they die. This was his. Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever God's may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloody but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade. And yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how, listen to the blasphemy here. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I'm the master of my fate. I'm the captain of my soul. Dear friend, I still shudder 
when I think of anyone going into eternity to face a holy God and a living Christ. I want to proclaim very clearly that my soul has been conquered and that I gladly bow to my King and Savior. What a joy it is to know Jesus Christ, the conqueror of death and the giver of life eternal. You see, dear friend, Frederick Nietzsche is dead. William Henley is dead. Satan is sentenced to eternal banishment and punishment, the second death. But Jesus is alive and well, and so is every believer and follower of Him. You see, because of Christ's resurrection, the devil is doomed and defeated. Death is dead, but Jesus is alive and well. To the first century Christians, the resurrection of Jesus was the pivotal event in history. Their dramatic encounters with Jesus after his escape from the rock tomb were vivid and they were unforgettable. That which is from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared and we have seen it and testify to it and we proclaim to you eternal life which is what the which was the father and has appeared unto us first john 1 and verse 1 praise god hallelujah amen there are certain days in the timeline of history that have, have special significance these are days that change the lives of people for good or for worse in our generation, the first moonwalk in July of 1969, the assassination of President John Kennedy in 1963, in September 11th, terrorist attack on America qualify as life-changing days. But there was one day that changed life more on earth like no other before or since, and it was the first resurrection morning. It is said during the French Revolution, someone said to Talleyrand, Bishop of Autumn, the Christian religion, what is it? It would be easy to start a religion like that. Talleyrand responded by saying this, Oh yes, all one would have to do is get crucified and rise again on the third day. Hallelujah. That's the basis, foundation. This is the centerpiece of the Christian faith. And it testifies once again that Jesus was the Son of God. Hallelujah. That He was God incarnate. Listen to what He said in John 2.19. Destroy this temple, speaking of His body, and in three days I'll raise it up. Amen. Romans 1, 4 says Jesus was declared to be the Son of God by His resurrection from the dead. Hallelujah. And in Romans 1, 3 and 4, concerning His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Praise God. The deity of Jesus Christ is both actual and eternal. And I wouldn't want to put my faith in any other place and any other person than the true God 
for my salvation. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is alive. And Jesus is well. Glory be to God. Amen. We're not worshiping a worthless, non-existent God, as does the heathen. Christ claimed He would raise from the dead in John 2.19. Amen. Some thought Jesus was talking about the Jewish temple, but He was referring to His physical body. Christianity begins where all other religion ends, with the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. What did the rising of the Lord prove to us and others who would consider this great truth, this Easter season, this resurrection morning? It proved He was the Son of Almighty God. It proved that all of His claims were absolutely true. Praise God. Amen. Listen, it says to the angel of the Laodiceans write, here in Revelation 3.14, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. You see, faithful points to His dependability, while true witness speaks once again of His impeccability. If the Lord Jesus could accomplish this resurrection, He promised then He certainly can do every other thing he promised that he could. And listen to Peter's proclamation in Acts chapter 2, verse 22 through 24. You men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourself also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he, he could be holden of it. Glory be to God. Friend of mine, this is the great truth that we are celebrating this Resurrection Sunday, Jesus is alive and Jesus is well. And because of it, He is able to work in our lives in a way that no dead head of any religion could possibly do. Worshiping a dead leader of a religion who wasn't able to conquer death is, is a hopeless end. Worshiping a resurrected Jesus brings an endless hope. Praise God. Friend of mine, many, many, many are trying to convince people through uh, a lot of great truths from the scripture uh, that Jesus has been raised from the dead. And, and, and the target is always the intellect and the argument is always with the mind of man. And friend of mine, because of the darkness that is covering the earth, I don't believe that's enough. I believe it stops short. Someone has said it very well, and I have preached it many, many resurrection mornings in one form or another. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is a cardinal truth in Scripture. Without it, the gospel is not the gospel. Without it, it is a hopeless, empty gospel. Without it, the Christian faith crumbles like a, like a, uh, it just crumbles to the ground. Uh, amen. 
and and falls apart. But because of it, there is a surety, there is a certainty, there is an absolute, without a doubt hope that not even death can challenge or shake. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I, I even like, I even amen out loud when there's a, a, a movie and, 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 and someone who's officiating says, we commit his body to the ground, her body to the ground. Amen. In the certain hope of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in the certain hope. That's what God grants us through His Word. That's what God grants us by His Spirit. And that's what God grants us by the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, this morning. It is a certain hope, a living hope because He is alive. So it's a cardinal truth in Scripture. It is a historic truth in time. Amen. Even our calendar was affected in history because of his life and his resurrection. Friend of mine, it is a personal fact in experience. Amen. Anyone who has met the Master has experienced, amen, the the drawing of the Holy Spirit Praise God and receive Jesus Christ. Here's what the scripture said in Romans 8. If the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, (laughs) he shall also quicken your mortal body. That means give life to our mortal body. And it's not just that life that's going to occur when Christ returns and we are raised from the dead. We are raised from the dead spiritually. Amen. And when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. That's why the scripture goes on to say, And you who are, you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. That life is given unto us. We were dead to God. We were separated from God. We were under the wrath of God until we repent of our sin, receive Christ as our Savior. And when we do, because he was raised for our justification, praise God, amen, we're given that gift of eternal life. Praise God. Jesus put it this way before he raised Lazarus from the dead. Amen. I am the resurrection. I am the life. Praise God. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he that liveth and believeth in me shall never die. That doesn't mean the body isn't going to run its course. <laughs> you, you you know, you start dying from the day you're born. You The, the cells multiply. We have a wonderful youth uh, and youthful energy, but as time goes on, all of that begins to change. Amen. The body is still, uh, still going to deteriorate, but our spirit, which has been made alive with resurrection, life is going to live forever. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. That's why he said, he that, he that believeth in me, he that believeth in me, liveth and believeth in me, he shall never die. Amen. For the Christian, Paul put it this way with that knowledge and those words from Christ, death, where is your sting? Grave, 
Where is your victory? Death is swallowed up in victory. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be you steadfast, unmovable, certain, you see. Hallelujah. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. For you know your work in the Lord is not in vain. Hallelujah. Oh, friend of mine, that's 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The last part is 55, 56 through 58. Listen, death has been swallowed up in victory when Jesus rose victorious, having the keys, having authority over death and over the grave. Praise God over hell. Listen, friend of mine, I'm glad to be a Christian today. I'm glad to serve a living Christ. And I'm glad God's not dead. He's very much alive and He's moving in our world today. Praise God. Jesus is is coming again. And I believe He's coming very, very soon. And I'm so glad to declare unto you today, Jesus is alive and very, very well today. He's alive forevermore, and we have this living hope. I'm glad he's making intercession for me because he ever lives to do it. How about you today? If you're a Christian, it's time to celebrate the resurrection. Don't let the pagan holiday overshadow this wonderful Christian holy day that is so vitally important to our faith and to our faithfulness to God. Amen. Let the world know. (laughs) Go tell it on the mountain. Shout it from the housetops. Hallelujah. Share it with everyone that you meet. Jesus is alive and well, and therefore He's able to save. Uh, Actually, to the uttermost, the Scripture uses that term. It said he, because of the resurrection, because he's alive and well, that he is able to save them to the uttermost. (laughs) One young lady that came off of drugs, delivered by Jesus from drug addiction, amen, said he's able to save you from the guttermost to the uttermost. Hallelujah. Because he's alive and well. He's able to save them to the uttermost, seeing that He ever lives to make intercession for them. Praise God. Every priest, it said in the previous scriptures, they've lived and they've died and there had to be a successor to to offer that priestly ministry in behalf of the nation of Israel, a type and foreshadow of our great high priest, Jesus Christ. Oh, but friend of mine, hallelujah. The blood of Jesus speaks of better things than that of bulls and goats. Amen. And because He ever lives, we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, who ever lives to make intercession for us. Therefore, He's able to save them to the uttermost. That means the farthest extent. In other words, you can't do anything, amen, to make your salvation more complete or secure than what He has done and is actively doing right now in our behalf. 
Ah, oh, friend, I remember the, 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 <laughs> the, the, the old country music song that I have friend in, I have friends in low places. <laughs> well, let me turn, let me tell you something. I've got a friend in high places. Praise God. He's making intercession for me before the Father. Amen. He's pleading his own blood, his own sacrifice in our behalf. Amen. And God has accepted us in the beloved because he ever lives to make intercession for us. Friend of mine, today I'm, I'm full of celebration. I'm full of hopefulness. I'm full of joy because I know my Redeemer lives. As Job said, all the way back in one of the most ancient books of the Bible. And in the last day, he's going to stand upon the earth. And this will answer a lot of questions for you. What a revelation he had. Amen. What about people that are cremated? People that have been blown up and in, 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 in burned up in fires and people have been blown up in wars and, and, and people who have been lost at sea and the critters have eat their bodies and <laughs> it's kind of gross but it's also a great revelation of what is to come and the power of God to raise the dead. Listen, Job said, I know my Redeemer lives. Though the, though the skin worms, though, though the skin worms eat the flesh from my bones. <laughs> Amen. He said, I know my Redeemer lives and at the last day he's going to stand upon the earth. And when he does, though the skin worms have eaten all the flesh from my bones, yet in my flesh I shall see him. When he stands up, I'm going to stand up with him. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. What a revelation. Of the resurrection. And what it means to you and to me today. Dear friend, if you don't know Christ as your Savior. And maybe you're embracing the philosophy, the ideology, the, 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 the identity of, of, of Invictus. I, I don't need anyone. I'm my own person. I do my own thing. Nobody tells me what to do. I remember preaching in the prison system years ago here in Tampa, Florida. And I remember telling the inmates there that I was ministering to about 35 in our service. These were not the the good behavior people that they let come to chapel. These, they just broke the cell blocks. The assistant warden came to our church, so I had a free pass to go in and hold a Bible study. And I remember telling them what the, I knew the devil was telling them. Nobody tells me what to do. Nobody. I'm my own boss. I do my own thing. And I could see people sit up straighter because they had bought into Invictus. They had bought into the idea, the world, the devil rebelled against God in heaven. And he lost his place as an anointed cherub, fell, became what he has become. And it's his nature to rebel. And he is the author of all the lawlessness and rebellion that we see in our world today unfolding. Ah, I said, what a lie he's told you. And now, 
In just a little while, I'm going to walk out of here because I bow to my Lord and Savior. I obey to the best of my ability the laws of the land, and I have freedom. I eat what I choose to eat. I go where I choose to go. I stay up as late as I want. I get up when I want or when I need to. But someone tells you when to lay down, tells you when to get up, tells you when the lights are out, tells you what you're going to eat today. This attitude, I said, that the devil has adopted and sold to you, has put you behind these bars. Ah, but Jesus is a liberator. Bow to him and he'll set you free. Glory be to God. Friend of mine, today I pray that you will not run from Christ, but you will run to him, that you will bow to him that you will repent of your sin and believe on Him and receive eternal life. Hallelujah. And celebrate the resurrection just like every other child of God. (laughs) In Jesus' name.